Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Once again, here we go. Swirl, sniff, sip, spit. While you drink, don't forget this tasting test. Welcome to this special edition where we talk wines and the Giro d'Italia. We held an exceptional clubhouse room dedicated to Giro d'Italia, but it was not recorded. I know, I know, bummer. But anyways, we thought about sharing some notes about the stages of the Giro, written and read by Mark Millen, a food, wine, and travel writer and the author of numerous books as well as magazine articles published on both sides of the Atlantic. Stay tuned! Sip, sniff. While you drink, don't forget these tasting tips. Okay, everyone, the final push. Just five days left of this year's fabulous edition of the Giro d'Italia. So far, it's given huge thrills as it has passed through 13 of Italy's 20 regions. There have been breakaways and unexpected stage winners, many of whom have been Italian. There has been incredible teamwork as domestiques have toiled for their team leaders. There has been drama and heroics in the high mountains, with more to come. We have enjoyed stunning countryside, history and culture too. And all along the way, there has been a wealth of fabulous wines that demonstrate the incredible variety of grapes, styles, and types that Italy has to offer. Thanks for sticking with me, and let's enjoy these final days. Here are my reports for stages 17, 18, and 19. Stage 17, Canazé to Segadala, 193 kilometers. Just five days remain in this year's Giro d'Italia before the victors will be proclaimed on the podium in Milan. Sixteen stages have now been completed, from the far north of Italy to the south, from east to west, and back up the highest mountains to the north once more. There is still much work and many more mountains yet to be climbed. Though young Egan Bernal of Ineos Grenadiers has further extended his hold on the Malia Rosa, past experience shows that nothing is ever certain in the Giro d'Italia. Yet, whatever happens, on Monday Bernal rode himself into Giro history and into the hearts of all tifosi on the inhospitable, snow-covered peaks of Passaggio. The nature of a grand tour with so many races going on within the race itself, means that it is quite possible to win one without ever winning a single stage. Bernal has now won two, and he showed the nature of his heart and desire under the most testing conditions on this year's Cimacopi. He toiled, he suffered, and he risked all, which is what the tifosi want to see in their cycling heroes. High up at over 2,230 meters, in horrific cold and freezing rain, he attacked ruthlessly and cold-bloodedly, crossed the summit, then descended in slippery and dangerous conditions that risked losing everything with the slightest mistake. 
As he approached the finish, he even had the time and the thought to take his hands off the bars and with supreme bike handling skills, take off his rain jacket before he rolled over the finish line, arms aloft. When I attacked, I wanted to do something special, he said quietly when interviewed. The team believed in me. It was hard because of the weather, and when it is like this, you need to be hard in mentality. It was a day to suffer, and we did it. I wanted to cross the line, showing the Maglia Rosa. It is not every day you can win a stage in the Giro while wearing the Maglia Rosa, and I wanted to show my respect. After Tuesday's well-earned rest day, the cyclists will take to the high mountains again as they move across Trentino, which, together with Alto Adige, Sud Tirol, makes up an autonomous region that is another unstinting source of outstanding wines. From Ladin-speaking Canizé, the route races south, mainly downhill for some 90 kilometers before reaching Trento itself and the Adige Valley. There will certainly be a chance for opportunistic breakaways to make their dash for glory today. However, the sting of stage 17 is most definitely in the tail, for two mighty mountains must be climbed, both of first category difficulty. Passo di San Valentino first, and then the fearsomely steep Sega di Alla for a mountaintop finish. Such cycling makes huge demands on the body. The number of calories burned by the riders each day is immense, and they must do their best to eat, both while riding as well as each evening, in order to recover, put fuel back in the tank, and have something in their legs for the following day. They need to rehydrate too, and so do we. So as we travel down through Trentino, I'm going to make a quick detour above Trento to visit a pair of inspirational and innovative winemakers who I first met three decades ago, Fiorentino Sandri and Mario Poyer at the Poyer Sandri Winery in Faedo near San Michele Aladige. Their enthusiasm and desire to try new things, think outside of the box, follow new techniques and create new wines will not have waned at all since we met all those years ago. They produce a fascinating and creative range of wines, though today I just want something simple, clean, razor sharp to keep me on my toes for these final days of the Giro. Poiere Sandri Noziola is just the ticket. Delicate, pure and clean fruit, green apple acidity, and a slightly bitter hazelnut finish. This will be invigorating with a steaming bowl of canerdli, bread dumplings flavored with speck and cheese served in a rich and tasty broth. Then, it's back on my virtual bike as the Giro d'Italia moves relentlessly towards its conclusion. Stage 18 Rovereto to Stradella, 231 kilometers. It's not over until it's over. That's what everyone always says about the Giro d'Italia. Just when it looked like this year's edition was turning into a procession for the all-conquering Ineos Grenadiers, their team leader Egon Bernal, the Maglia Rosa, faltered to show a chink of weakness in the high mountains. Dan Martin, of new team Israel Startup Nation, managed to get himself in the breakaway, and the Irishman just about managed to hold out for a famous stage win in the sun on the high and remote peak of Sega Diala. 
Meanwhile, towards the top of the mountain, when Gutsy Simon Yates attacked and Bernal followed, it looked like the Colombian would gain further time on most of his GC rivals. No one expected him to suddenly lose his legs in nearly a minute to the rider from Team Bike Exchange, Yates, with even Damiano Caruso and Diego Ulisi gaining a few seconds on the Malia Rosa at the finish. Yesterday was by no means the upset of world order. Bernal still has a decent hold on the Malia Rosa, and even if he wasn't firing on all cylinders, he was still stronger than most of the other GC contenders, notably gaining time on Alexander Vlasov and Hugh Carthy, both of whom had started the morning on the GC podium, but who have now fallen way back in time. Yesterday was good for the Giro. The Tifosi liked to see their heroes suffer, to have bad legs, to have doubts in the mind. Will Bernal be able to overcome his difficulties, his doubts? We will see when the Giro returns to the high mountains again on Friday and Saturday. Should he not? Should a new hero emerge in the few days still remaining? And I would love to see Simon Yates, who knows the bitter taste of failure. Then we will all hail their achievement and toast the victor with good Italian wine. Stage 18 commences in Rovereto, surrounded by vine-covered hills where marzamino grapes are cultivated for this popular Trentino red. Verso il vino eccellente marzamino, commands the libertine Don Giovanni in Mozart's opera. Towards today's stage conclusion, the route passes through Roncole, birthplace of the composer Giuseppe Verdi, who himself owned a farm that produced the wines as well as salume that Il Maestro always took with him on his travels across Europe. So there will be plenty to keep us well hydrated as we continue our race across Italy. But whose praises will we be singing at the finish? On paper, today looks like an altogether more straightforward, dare I say even somewhat relaxing stage, from Rovereto along the shores of Lake Garda, then below Verona and across the flat Po Valley to the wine hills of the Oltrepo Pavese. Believe me, it won't be a stroll in the park by any means. We're in the final days of the Giro, and there is still so much at stake. If the GC won't be altered by today's stage, barring, heaven forbid, a crash. The Malia Ciclamino competition is still far from decided. With a nasty fourth category climb thrown in just before the finish in Stradella in the heart of the Oltrepo Pavese, it is a day that Team Bora Hansgrove will want to control, not least to keep their main man, Peter Sagan, in Cyclamen. I expect them to keep as high a pace as they can on the climb to soften up those few remaining top sprinters who have somehow managed to endure and get through the mountain stages. Sagan will definitely be going for the stage win, and I hope he will achieve it. Whatever happens, and whoever wins, at the finish I'm planning to be toasting the day's victors with a flute or two of one of my favorite sparkling wines. The La Versa Cantina Cooperativa was founded in 1905 and from almost the outset decided collectively to concentrate on the cultivation of Pinot Nero, one of the world's greatest, if most temperamental, varieties. It grows well here in the mainly clay and sandstone hills, maintaining fragrance as well as acidity, and is utilized to produce an outstanding range of wines made sparkling by Metodo Classico, secondary fermentation in the bottle. 
Testa Rossa is a cooperative's flagship, a vintage wine produced entirely from Pinot Nero, with bottle aging on the lees for no less than three years prior to degorgement. It demonstrates the richer style of sparkling wine that comes from Autrepo's wine hills, where vineyards have been cultivated since antiquity. The bubbles are fine and persistent, and it is a sparkler with real elegance and finesse, yet one that also has a structure to be more than capable of accompanying food, too. Today's stage passes near the great rice-growing area of Veneto, around Isola della Scala below Verona which specializes in the cultivation of Violone Nano. I fancy something rather elegant, not too heavy, so I'm going to ask my private and virtual chef to rustle up for me a plate of Risotto al Metodo Classico, a glass or two of the Testarossa added to the cooking pot after the tostatura of the rice. Yes, bubbles that have been painstakingly coaxed into the bottle get lost the moment the wine hits the pan. But the gorgeous, winey flavor of the cuvee will enter into the creamy rice, cooked perfectly alonda, perhaps topped with some chopped wild fennel fronds, some grilled scampi or gamberoni. A bit good, maybe even a bit refined for sweaty, odiferous and ravenous cyclists, admittedly. But I feel in need of a treat tonight, simply for having managed to make it this far with my daily reportage. It's been almost, but not quite, as exhausting as the cycling. Stage 19. Abiate Grasso to Alpe di Mera, 166 kilometers. Just two more stages in the high mountains before the final chronometro, time trial, that finishes in Milan's Piazza del Duomo on Sunday. From Lombardy, we head back into Piedmont today, passing through Novara, where day two finished. How long ago that seems. Imagine how long ago that feels to the cyclists. Yesterday's long stage from the wine hills of Rovereto in Trentino to the wine hills of the Oltrepo Pavese via the flat and fast Po Valley turned out to be mainly a transitional stage, a speedy movement of men and machines across the country in readiness for the rigors to come over the final days. As such, it provided another ideal opportunity perhaps the last opportunity in this year's Giro for a breakaway. The Malia Rosa GC contenders, as well as those vying for the Malia Ciclamino and Malia Azzurro, were content to leave the day to those riders who weren't a threat to any of them, and thus a large group of 23 managed to build up a substantial time lead, so creating virtually a separate race within the race. To the delight of the crowd lining the streets in Stradella, Yet another Italian rode to a famous solo victory, Alberto Bettiol of EF Education Nippo. The main peloton, meanwhile, trailed in a laggardly 23 and a half minutes behind, with the standings unchanged. Most significantly, Peter Sagan of Bora Hansgrove remains in the Malia Ciclamino. He and his strong teammates should be able to control the remaining intermediate point sprints in the days to come. So barring any incident, my hope is that Sagan will win the points competition and so wear the Cyclamen jersey on the podium in Milan, a notable achievement to add to his more than impressive cycling palmares.
He's already won the green jersey in the Tour de France, the equivalent of the Malia Ciclamino, an incredible seven times, as well as the rainbow jersey awarded to world champions. A first points victory in the Giro d'Italia will cement Sagan's position as truly one of the greatest cyclists of his generation. Today and tomorrow, though, he will have to endure two more days of suffering in the high mountains. Stage 19 departs Lombardy from Abiate Grasso to re-enter Piedmont, passing through the vineyards of Novara and the Alto Piemonte once more, then briefly along the shores of Lago di Maggiore, before climbing into the high mountains of Val Sesia for a final 10-kilometer ascent to a summit finish on Alpe di Mera. Will Bernal have recovered from his momentary weakness that we glimpsed on the high slopes of Sega di Alla? Will Yates, Caruso and the others have the courage and the legs to attack today as they must if they are to have any hope of wrestling the Malia Rosa from the Colombian? Or will they leave it until tomorrow, an even harder alpine test, hoping that it might be their best moment of opportunity? We shall see. From the summit of Alpe di Mera, there should be stunning views of the Monte Rosa chain today, weather permitting. This is the most magnificent alpine country, in summer or in winter. I love mountains, and I love mountain wines too, that ethereal character that comes only from grapes grown at high altitude. There is no wine more ethereal, more sheer and exhilarating than Blanc de Morget de la Salle, made from Prié Blanc grapes, cultivated traditionally on low trellised vineyards, planted at up to 1,200 metres above sea level, the highest vineyards in Europe, all the better when enjoyed after a day's skiing, walking, or best of all, cycling. But today, I'm going to choose a mountain wine from Lombardy's Valtellina instead, I need something more powerful and weighty to fortify and put strength in the legs and mind for the final days to come. Nino Negri's Valtellina Cinque Stelle Sforzat, a dry passito wine produced only in the best years from Chiavenasca grapes, a clone of Nebbiolo, grown at high altitude, harvested and then air-dried in the clean and arid alpine air. Then, one more day in the mountains tomorrow, but what a day before the 30-kilometer time trial, a race against the clock into Milan city centre. We're almost there. Keep those legs turning. Keep that wine flowing. Sweater. Sweater. Sniff. Sniff. Sip. Sip. Once again, here we go. Swirl, sniff, sip, sniff. While you drink, don't forget this tasting tip.